Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. I know what you're probably thinking. Did the pig make it? Now you can see a sore seat on your faces, right? Well, let's just say if he does, it's a good thing. But on the flip side, if he doesn't, we got some bacon and ham, all right? So um, what an intro today, man. How powerful was that? I mean, we're just, woo. I mean, come on now. Give it up to God. I mean, this is some good stuff. Come on. I'm so glad you're here with us because we've been literally praying for you all, I mean, and praying for this series for quite some time now. And and we're excited. And I, 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 you know, and I just don't want you to think you just showing up here is just a coincidence uh, because it's not. Uh, We've been praying for those who needed to be here and would be here. And those listening online would encounter the word of God in a way that only he can get the credit for and create life change. And and through this series, we're going to see some things called change life. Say it with me, church, if you know it. That changed lives. That's right. So today we begin this series called When Pigs Fly. What a, what a name, right? Um, when I was a kid, I grew up, there was a movie called Dumbo. All right? Anybody else remember Dumbo? Anybody show of hands? Okay, I'm even a little older than I think. But in that movie, there was a song called When Elephants Fly. When I see an elephant fly. Uh, there were some old crows that were sort of sitting around uh, Dumbo and, and the mouse, and, and together they just started, you know, making fun of making fun of Dumbo. Sarcastically, they were making fun of Dumbo, and, and they started singing, saying things like, "I've seen a house fly, and I've seen a dragon fly, and I've even seen a horse fly, right? But I'll see, I see everything when I see it." See, you saw the movie then, right? So you, see, you know, they, and they just all of a sudden, all of a sudden, what happens sarcastically turns into holy cannolis. It's a miracle. Dumbo's flying, right? And the mouse is even freaking out. I mean, it's crazy. It's a great movie. And I won't ruin what happens next. You go watch the movie. But it's that song that sort of sets us up for today. It's, it's when pigs fly. And so when, where did that saying come from, right? When pigs fly, where, where did it come from? Well, actually, it can be originated all the way back to like the 1600s. And essentially, this big idea is, is a sarcastic phrase like we just talked about, when something likely is not going to happen, right? And it's not going to happen at all. And it's been passed down for hundreds and hundreds of years. And it's now possibly even to your families, because you maybe have said this word, and you're like, I don't even know where it came from. But your grandmother said it, and the, you know, it's, it's been passed down. And if, you, you know, if you're still struggling to understand it this way, think of it this way. Let me, let me just break it down for you. Ready? It's, it's like saying certain teams are going to win the Super Bowl this year, like, like the Bills, the Buccaneers, the Bengals, or, or our favorite ones to pick on, the Browns, all Bs, right? When pigs fly, right? You with me? Maybe we can even make it more personal. It's like saying your kids are going out today, and they're going to go and do some yard work. They're going to do some housework, and tomorrow morning they're going to get up before you do and be ready to go to school and greet you. When pigs fly, right? You with me so far? Okay, last one. I'm going to set you up. Women, here you go. Better be listening. Okay, pay attention. Here we go. Uh, it's like men stopping for directions and asking which way. See, you're with me. You got it now, all right? So there's your chance, and you got it. When pigs fly. Now, the big idea over the next four weeks is literally, it's, it's just this simple. It, it's, it's, a, it's, it's when pigs fly, but it's dealing with it when it does, and this word surfaces, and this word is called miracles. Let's be honest, if you saw a pig fly, you're probably not going to tell anybody, right? Because you'd be thinking, I'm crazy. But if you did, how would you communicate that to somebody? How would you call it? Would you say it's a miracle? 
or, 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 or what would you say? One of the smartest persons on the planet ever to live said it this way. And he said, there's only two ways to live your life. One is if nothing is a miracle, and the other one is if everything's a miracle. Albert Einstein. You know, it's up to you. It's up to the eyes. It's up to where you're at in life and understanding that there's something greater out there. You see, I do like what Albert said, but I believe in our current culture of where we live and where we work and where we play, especially here in the United States, the place, piece of place that we call home, the word miracle is actually losing some of its power or authority simply because of how we have chosen to use the word day in and day out. And I fully believe we have a miracle working God that did and does and will do miracles day after day. I believe it with all my heart. But the truth is that sometimes we can't see them anymore simply because of our personal relationship with God is off-centered and we choose not to see them or we just simply ignore them. You see, we actually use the word more when our team wins. Last week, what happened yesterday? Come on. You know, it's one of those moments, right? Or when the good, you know, we do good on a test. That's a miracle. They passed. Or, like we said earlier, when we find that parking space on Black Friday right near the front. Oh, it's a miracle we found a parking space. Or for some of us, when we found that piece of clothing that we wanted in the store. and It's a miracle they had it in my size. It's not a miracle. Or what about this when Black Friday's coming up? Let's just use this with all 20 lanes at Walmart. All cashiers are there. That is a miracle. All right. You with me? I'm not poking fun of you, Walmart. But just a saying. Just saying. But we, we water that word down, right? What is a miracle? It's when God in heaven intervenes with earth with all of his power. And with all of his knowledge, with all of everything that he has into your life, and it changes your life in a direction that changes others, as well as simply his love moves in ways that only he can get the credit for. Think about the first miracle. For God so loved the world that he sent his son, right? You know the verse in the word. And through that miraculous birth, through the Virgin Mary, it changed the world as we know it. It changed everything, and it might have changed who you are. That's a miracle. Think about that. 2,000 years ago, one birth changed everything for you. What I believe and understand is it to be true is this. I believe it breaks, though. It breaks the heart of God that some of you have encountered a miracle, but yet to have a relationship with Jesus and relationship with God because you're holding out for something more. And so what you typically do is just chalk it up to luck, coincidence, or whatever you're facing. That moment that God has just exposed you to, you just, it's just coincidence. It's just luck. It's just, it's just my time. You negate what God is trying to do in your life down to another moment of the day. And you don't see the miracle. You see, as we begin to dive into this, it's getting really quiet in here. I'm just curious how honest we can get this morning. By a show of hands, how many of you out there, there's something in your life right now where you would love to see God intervene on your behalf or on behalf of others, somebody who you love, something that would take only a miracle that God could get the credit for? Anybody? 
You see, before we get in today, at least we got the honesty out and we're transparent. You see, I think God's up to something and I can't really put my finger on it, but I trust him in the journey like we talked about earlier. And I want to give you a sneak peek of where we're going next week so you understand because we're going to do some things that might freak you out. If you're not used to it, that's okay. It's biblical. (laughs) Next week, we're going to tackle this idea of miracles through healing. And if you're in need of physical healing, if you know someone else who does, we're, we're going to pray for miracles and healing to trust God only the way he can to provide for that. And then we're, the following week, we're going to talk about miracles of protection and how God protects his people from those things that would cause and wish you know, to cause harm in their lives. And then during our final week together, we're going to talk about miracles of provision and what that looks like and how God's going to provide. And if you're hurting in some way or form or fashion, we want to know that there's a God of miraculous provides for us, even, even in our darkest hour, even when we don't know the next step. And like for us and moving into this warehouse right down here, he's a God of provision. He's provided every step of the way and he won't give us more than we can handle, but we're just trusting him in the journey. He told us to, to just go after it. And we did obediently and we went after it and God's just revealing day after day. And I'm excited to share some of those things with you. He's providing and we don't know what's about to come out of that but we do know one thing. God's going to do some miracles. We trust him with it. And we believe with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind that he's going to do something only he can get the credit for. That's why we call it love built this because he's building something. And sometimes we just can't see it. Right now he's building something up here right now in this moment. And I pray that your eyes can see it. And so today, with the rest of the time that we have, I would just like for us to open up this conversation with this idea of miracles by by talking about miracles of deliverance. When God does miracles over the forces and the powers of darkness, and I believe, I fully believe that the greatest trick that the devil ever pulled over us is convincing us or convincing the world that he doesn't exist. You know, we, we, we narrow him down to this little Halloween-looking creature that's got little horns and a little tail, and, and, and we, we, people just go out with this little pitchfork that's all dressed up in red and, and, and black, and like, I just don't think he looks like that, y'all, just being honest, right? I mean, I learned this watching Mickey Mouse Club. There's a good one, and then there's a little devil one, right? I mean, come on, anybody else? Am I the only person who watched the Dizzy Channel, by the way, because no one else knows my, my analogies here. I'll switch them if we need to. But like, Yeah. I mean, we, we narrow him down to this little itty-bitty thing, and I don't think he looks like that at all. He's a lot more better looking and charming. And he, and he speaks with a fork of tongue. He tries to trip you up. He tries to what? Still kill in. I don't think that little character can destroy me. But I do believe that the devil can. You see, today, with the rest of the time, I would like to at least have this conversation because it's important. You see, the apostle Paul thought it was important too. So in the book of Ephesians, if you got your Bible, go ahead and open them up. The book of Ephesians chapter six, the apostle Paul leaves us uh, some important guidance into this understanding of, of, of what we're dealing with and how we should deal with him. And so in, in, in chapter six, verse 12, it says this, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies meaning of the world. We're not fighting against flesh and flesh and blood and enemies. We're not. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, things that you don't even look for, things that you don't even see, people who are in charge of it, against mighty powers in this dark world. 
You see, a lot of people say, well, it's just so dark right now. It's just, it's just politics are everywhere. It's just I, the world's turning. What did it look like back in the day then? I mean, they didn't even have certain channels on, on the news stations. They didn't even have the internet. They didn't have other things, but yet it, it doesn't look like it's changed much. And I think there's some reasonings behind that. And I think it comes back to us against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Ephesians 6, 12. You see, essentially what Paul is saying here, he wants us, he wants us to know that being a follower of Jesus or Christianity is, is a battleground. is a battleground of the unseen world of evil that wants to take you out. He wants to take you out. And, and this is the forces of darkness that hate God. And they know they can't take God out, so he takes out what matters the most. And that's you. You see, the kingdom of God's light and his mission through every evil spirit out there is to, to hurt what matters the, the heart of God. And nothing matters more importantly to God than you. Because he sent his what? His one and only son. For you. You see, Paul is saying, folks, we're doing battle against forces of darkness. Dynamic forces that just want to, just those little demons that just run rapid. And what we know is, is, is that Jesus came to give life, though. And life to the fullest. We know that. It's in the Word. It's in the Word of God. And we know that Jesus came to set people free. And we know that Jesus did not come to be served, but, but, but served and gave his life up for others freely. And we know that Jesus did not come to, for the healthy, but he came for the what? Sick. We know this. And he came to love people and change lives for the better. And we know this. And we know that Jesus makes life better. And life is better with Jesus. It's just that plain and simple. We know this. Bottom, bottom line, why don't we claim it? You see, what's Satan's mission? Satan's mission is easy. It's the 10-10 principle. It's found in the Gospel of John, John 10-10. We just said it just a second ago. It says his mission is to what? To steal, to kill, and what? What the prince of darkness wants to do is to try to inflict injury or pain and to trip you up through every evil force or ruler around you. And they may influence you through depression. They, they may even encourage suicidal thoughts. They may even influence feelings of desperation, which cause you to do crazy things. They want to destroy your marriage and to say it's not worth it anymore. They want to ruin your testimony and trip you up because is it interesting to me that everything that is good, Satan comes after. Everything that is worthy, he comes after even faster. And everything that has a chance to beam light into their neighborhood, he tries to extinguish in every way possible. They want to wreck your finances, steal your joys, or obliterate your health to crush your children. This is not a game. This is not a game at all. These are evil forces or dark, a dark world that wants nothing more than to take you out. 
We were doing battle against the forces of darkness, forces of evil, demonic forces of evil, guys. This is not something to mess around with. And you're probably wondering, I thought this was about miracles. (laughs) I came because of miracles. We're getting there. If you are in Christ, here's what I know. If you are in Christ, you are filled with his Holy Spirit. And you call yourself a Christian. If you call yourself a Christian today, what you need to know is that you have a miraculous authority over demons. And, but I grew up in church in this area, okay? And I don't, I'm just going to throw denomination out of the window. But the church that I grew up in, we didn't talk about things like this. We didn't talk about the reality of, uh, of what the truth really around me was. We just grew up in this Christian bubble of the do's and the don'ts and the wrongs and the rights. And you just show up and get your little star for showing up today. Sing a couple hymns, sit down, lift up verse 3, don't know why, but then go home. Anybody else? We didn't talk about what, what the yard darts were coming this week. We didn't talk about what was going to happen in school. They didn't talk about how I was going to get bullied. They didn't talk about how I was going to get made fun of. They didn't talk about my suicidal thoughts even as a seventh grader. He said, oh, it'd be okay. Just come to church. Last time I checked, church didn't save me. Jesus did. Church is the the vessel that he used. Allowed me to experience his holy and precious spirit, which radically changed everything for me. You see, you have a miraculous authority over demons and darkness and the evil doors in this world in the name of Jesus. You do. And as we fight in this battle that's ongoing, we need to understand that, that we are not fighting with our own power, but we are fighting with the power of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. We aren't fighting with our own power. We're fighting with Christ's power who gave it to you. Yeah, that's, that's a moment right there. Yeah, that's a, you missed it. You see, this is how I know it's true because we go back to the word. You open that word back up. You might have to digitally turn it on, whatever you want to do, but whatever you choose to do, it's in Matthew 10, 1, and it explains to us how we tap into that power. And Jesus called his 12 disciples in Matthew 10, 1. And he called his 12 out. And to him, he says, he gave them what? Say it with me. Authority. He gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Everything. Not just some things. Everything. To drive them out. Get behind me. Satan, you have no power here. I've heard some amazing stories lately where things just don't add up. But you know the truth. When Jesus steps into the room, everything changes. I know some families who have experienced some awkwardness in their families, and to say the least, it's just kind of dark. And they walk in, they finally just trust God in a way that says, in Jesus' name, and immediately things change in the room. Now you can say, ah, did you not read the Bible? 
Because it says, Jesus said, with, I give you authority to drive out impure, evil spirits. And if you can't admit they're real, then just look around you. You're being attacked constantly, yes? Am I just making this stuff up? Why in the world did he send his one and only son in the first place then? It wasn't just because it was a good thing to do, which it was. It was because he knew there was going to be a miracle that was going to happen 2,000 some years later through you. But you just got to claim it. Think about this. Police officers, go this route for a second. A police officer, you know, we talk about power and we talk about authority. You know, a police officer doesn't have power to make a car stop, does it? I mean, he just, he doesn't. He can't just go, "Mm," you know, and it just magically the the car stops. Back in the day, I can prove that wrong because I outran a couple. So just saying, just confessing, okay? I I had to get that one out sometime or another, so... Back in my days before I was a Jesus follower. Um, but, you know, however it does, he does have the authority to make him stop. That's why you stop when you see those little lights. That's why you have that, that little feeling in here like, ah. Oh. A mom and dad doesn't have the power, some that think they do, to make a kid do something, right? But we have a spiritual authority to get the job done. Amen, parents? You see, Jesus said, I give you authority. What I do not have is my own power. But what I do have is a a little badge or or spiritual authority that that can change everything. Think about it. If the driver is coming and and I'm a police officer, I can't just say stop and, 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 and I don't have that type of power. But I have the authority. And if he does not obey the authority, there is such thing called a higher power that will change everything. For that person, that driver, it's going to change. It just naturally does. Even though in my own life, I don't have the power to defeat darkness. I have the authority to declare in the name, is it above every other name, the name who has the power over darkness, and the name is Jesus. And if you are in Christ, you have the authority over darkness in the name of Jesus. You see, God is a miraculous God who gives you authority over darkness. And you need to be reminded about that today because some of you are coming from a dark week, a dark month, and you're just excited for the calendar to turn the page. And what we need to be doing with every ounce of faith is praying for the supernatural intervention of God. That's what we do We do what we know to do and we we invoke the power that goes beyond what we have in every area of our life. If you're you're battling anxiety, if you're having panic attacks, uh, you, you go to the great doctor that we need to go to. But then you pray in the name of Jesus that freedom from those attacks. If you have emotional suffering or or distress or someone's abused you or mistreated you, someone's harmed you, you go to a great counselor. And let them start to bring transformation to your life. But we pray for deliverance from those evil forces and lies that hold you in bondage. And you surround yourself with a great cloud of witness, just like Hebrews says. Are you feeling me? 
Anything that you can do, do it. And then we pray and ask God for his supernatural power to intervene just like he did with Jesus when he defeated it before. See, when Jesus rose from the dead, he defeated darkness. Big time miracle. No one expected that one. You see, you have the authority over darkness in Jesus' name. We just have to be bold enough to take it and ask for it. So the question I think we need to ask right now as we finish out is what is darkness? What is it? What's darkness in your life? You see, some people immediately just use chemistry and science. And everything. Well, it's, it's light. It's, it's, no, no, no. Darkness is the absence of light. And this is where it hits home for so many of us. And why? Because we live in a culture where we can go to church all of our life and never know the light of the world. You never know Jesus. You just go to church. And you know why you're living in darkness? It's because you don't know what light looks like. You're living in the absence of light. You're wondering why your finances look out of track because you're living in the absence of light. You want to know why your marriage is off track because you're living in the absence of light. Light is not something you come and get on Sunday morning just for 30 to 40 minutes. Light is something you walk with daily because you want to know where you're going. And where you flood that thing, it just brightens up everybody else's day. You can't get away from it. Why do you put headlights on a car? To see where you're going, right? That's why Matthew talks about a lot of light on the path. It's Jesus. So who is Jesus? He's the light of the world. He dwells within me. And if he dwells within you, shouldn't it look a little bit more different through our weeks? Week to week to week, shouldn't it just look different? You see, in John 1, 5, it says, the light shines in the darkness. And in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. It tried it once and it failed. And it messed their whole game plan up. Anytime there's spiritual darkness around you, you walk in, light walks with you. I don't know if that gets you excited or not, but it does me. When there's spiritual darkness that's all around you, you know there's gossip happening in the workroom. You know that you're going to get bullied in school. You know something else is coming. Man, you, when you walk into that spiritual dark area, you, light walks with you. They know something's different, and there's about to be a miracle happen because somebody's life's about to change because they're going to ask the question, why are they that way? And what I've come to realize is this, either we know him and do not take authority over that moment of dark areas of our lives, or we do know him and it changes everything. There was a moment a couple years ago where I had the privilege of going to Peru, uh, Chinchina, Peru, and there was a lot of prostitution going on on the streets at nighttime, tons of it. Matter of fact, you could walk down the street and you could see just about anything you wanted to see. And, and on the streets, they had like videos. Now, they had, of course, Disney movies covering them up during the daytime. But at nighttime, they would pull all the porn videos up, put them on the side, literally on the sidewalk. 
some of the most graphic images that have ever been, I've ever seen. We've been on a mission trip. Cocaine, drugs, alcohol, gambling, sex, even on the street. And I began to just have a moment with God and, and we're overlooking the street. And I just told our team, I said, hey, we are called to be light bearers. Why are we stuck up in a room? And so I went to our director and I just said, hey, can, can we just go out and start just doing what he told us to do? I mean, we go out during the day and it's kind of lit. Like, but why can't we go out in the middle of the night? And, and, and the missionary local guy, he said, it's not safe, Jason. I said, did you not see how tall I am? I'm not afraid of what's come. I mean, I'm, I know it sounds kind of arrogant, but I'm not afraid. I got my other guy 6'6", six, six, and the other guy 6'4". Man, we're like a WWF wrestling team. We're not afraid about what's about to happen. We're just not. Can, can we go out? He's like, only if we pray. Man, we prayed for six hours. And we walked out of that room, and we hit the streets about 11 o'clock at night. We didn't come back till 5 a.m. And everywhere we went, the evil forces. <laughs> Prostitution that was going on right down the corner. We started loving on the girl. The pimp came over and he walked away when he saw my friend standing behind me. <laughs> didn't want to have any part of that one. We walked over to the guy selling porn. He started covering it all up and putting his dumbbells back on top. He started putting all the Disney movies back on top. And we said, well, you know, just, let's just get rid of everything. He said, okay. We went to stand in front of the, that was the funny one. We went and stand in front of the casinos. And we just started praying, laying hands on the front of the casinos. People started running out. We started praying hands on people in the streets who were just desperate for light. And they started saying, what is going on? The whole town just shut down. And for every single night, the rest of the week, we went out in the middle of the night and it wrecked them. It wrecked them. Their businesses were shut down. The casinos lost money. The pimp lost all of his money. We heard the stories of where life change was happening. We went to those prostitutes and told them, hey man, tonight, here's a rose. You are God's princess. You are God's princess. No matter what else happens, just remember, God loves you and you are a princess in his eyes. It started to change people's lives. And to my knowledge, that church went from like a six or seven or eight people to just, just blew up. And how I know it's real? Satan took out the pastor of that church about a year later. Killed him. But the church continues on. I'm telling you guys, we're dealing with something that's real. It's real. And we just got to be bold enough to call it what it is. See, greater is the one that is in you than the one in the world. God is trying to do a God-sized miracle through you to change lives, that change lives. But you have to be ready to arm up and resist the enemy so you can stand firm. You see, Ephesians 6, the Apostle Paul's words said it this way. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood and enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against the evil spirits in the heavenly places. Verse 13, therefore, I love it when there's a therefore, because something good's about to happen. Put on every piece of God's armor. 
So you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And then after the battle, you will be standing firm with him. With him. So today, what is it? What's the dark area that's holding you back from standing firm with God? What's what's the one thing that's holding you where you're at as a hostage? What's the miracle that you're looking for? Have you ever decided to first accept the Father and then claim it? Or have you ever claimed it in His name? And so today what I want you to do is stand firm by saying this. You don't have to say this out loud, but I want you to start to say it in your heart. And then start to move forward in a way that changes life. And this saying is this, I take authority over this darkness in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is, I take authority over this darkness in the name of Jesus. I take authority over the name of Jesus. I, I, I just take authority over this darkness, this, this porn problem. I just, Jesus, I give it to you. This, this financial situation, my marriage, this darkness, whatever this work situation is, no job, the, the, this addiction that I got, whatever it is, in the name of Jesus, I, I give it to you and I declare I want to step in the light. Whatever it is, claim it through him who gives you strength. The greatest travesty is this. is you hearing this and just walking away and not doing anything. It literally breaks the heart of God knowing that there's people here that are being tugged on and you not moving simply because you're listening to that little, little lie. And I don't think it's little. I think it's big. He's tripping you up. We're going to sing a song. And I just pray that you take authority over the darkness of your area and your life in the name of Jesus for once and for all and claim it and trust God to do what he does next. Because I don't know. It might seem like that big, huge leap, just like the pig. You don't know where it's going to look like. You might fly and you might fall, but the truth is, there's a miracle about to happen. But you got to be bold enough to take the risk to jump. Jump into the arms of the Father and stand firm. Put on the armor of God and get ready to fight the battle with Him. With His power, not yours. I take authority over this darkness in the name of Jesus. So Jesus, we know there's some things going on. And there's not a mountain that you wouldn't... You wouldn't climb over to come chasing us. You're going to leave that 99. You're going to come running right after us. You're going to flood our hearts, our, our, our lives, our, our homes. You're just asking for one thing. For us to admit that we're in need of a Savior. Because we can't do it by ourselves anymore. So God, right now, whatever the dark areas that's going on in our friends' lives, that's here, that's listening online, wherever else. God, whatever it is, I just pray in your name that you do a miracle right now. And we see it, we believe it, and we see people fly. In your name.
Amen.